workers spending their time this morning, um, holiday Sunday. It, Pastor Yon reminded me of a church leader that I used to work with who on a holiday Sunday like this would look at a half-full crowd and would say, everybody just look around. I want you to notice the other real Christians among you. And then someone who wasn't there would find out that he said that and would ask him something like, so I heard on Sunday you said I wasn't a real Christian, and you know what he would say? I never said that. Never said that at all. Someone's misquoting me. But you said that. Of course you said that. We are looking forward to um, a new series here. This series is called Your Higher Power, and we're going to look at from uh, beginning to end of the Scriptures how it is that we can know and live by God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And many of you are familiar with, no doubt, um, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, a um, overwhelmingly um, popular and in, in a lot of ways effective program to help people um, move along the process of life change and recovery and so on. And one of the aspects of AA is this idea that some of us, that, that everyone in the program would turn to a higher power, right? How many of you have heard that phrase before or you've, you're familiar with that? Would you, let me see who is familiar with that. Okay, so you've heard that reference before, no doubt, and the guidelines advise you in AA to let go of your need to control your life and then allow yourself, in fact, um, to instead trust in a higher power. So that's the idea, right? And in step two, it specifically reads, we came to be aware that a power greater than ourselves could restore our uh, selves or restore us to sanity. That's specifically in the program guide. And the term higher power is kind of loosely defined as something that has greater power, some, um, some entity of some kind that has greater control than we do. And of course, for a lot of us who hear that phrase, we'd like to dig in a little bit and say, what exactly is this higher power? And for a lot of people who are in that program, I'm sure they've spent time thinking, what is this highest, higher power? And they sometimes, I think I've heard it communicated that they believe it's maybe the power of the universe. Or they might say and feel like it's the power of um, kindness. It's a spirit of love. Um, some might say it is a variety of very impersonal gods, but they're out there and they're in control and I'm not in control of my life. And for some people, they just think of a generic term like God, right? Which would mean what? Um, a supreme being. Or some would say, no, there's a, a, a variety of supreme beings. There's more than one. Other people, when they think of their uh, term higher power, they think of spirituality, it's as simple as just being a spiritual person and believing that there's some kind of ebb and flow. And if you saw Star Wars, you know the Force is with you. For other people, it's simply acknowledging. Here's how they understand it. They simply acknowledge that they're not God. They simply uh, come to terms with the fact that there must be some kind of power out there that's greater than me. A power in the universe that is greater than I am. Um, 
And a part of this step in the AA program is to, is to indicate or to express that I don't have the power within myself to bring life change. I don't have the power within myself to overcome addiction. I don't have the power within myself to overcome the affliction that I'm dealing with in my life. So in this 12-step program, it's less about defining what the higher power is, and it's more about submitting yourself to something or someone who is greater than you are. And it's more about determining for you what that is, what that means. So, um, so what's the right answer? So what's the right answer? Um, I think it's important for us to um, find that right answer in the right places. And of course, if you belong to um, the Christian faith and you are following Jesus, you can look to Jesus and He describes this higher power. And of course, um, we can find it. But this is important. Check this out. We who are Christians... People who have saving faith, they've rested, transferred their trust from their work to Jesus' work, and they are, they are assured that they have been rescued by Jesus. They are not needing, this is so important, this is so important not just for you who find yourself in some kind of recovery program ever, but also for anyone who's not in recovery, but who is believing somehow that there is someone or something beyond us that has more control over life and death and the universe than we do. We don't have to guess, invent, or cobble together ideas of what your higher power is. I mean, the the gospel is good news, and this is not exactly the gospel, but this is still good news. Imagine this, Christians, we don't have to invent, imagine, or somehow weave together some random magical idea of what our higher power is. I mean, let's do this. Um, We'll do this maybe multiple times. But everybody, if you're comfortable following along, some of you aren't. I know you don't want to be um, controlled by the preacher, so you don't have to be. But everybody who likes likes uh, a little crowd participation, take a big deep breath, a big sigh out. You You don't have to figure out for the rest of your life what and who this higher power is. It's done. It has been communicated to us, we're going to do more breathing later. Is that okay? If that was, it doesn't matter. Follow along if you want to. So Jesus explains our true higher power to his followers. So he's got disciples. His disciples are following him. And in the Gospel of John, he records this, this phrase that Jesus says that helps us understand what happened. Where did this, what, 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 um, what does Jesus think of this higher power? Check this out. And he says, I will ask the Father... By the way, when we read this, notice the Trinity here. So good. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate. Huge word, so important. Not going to dig into this today, but man, if you like word studies, boom, bam, pow, hit this one. Advocate. And this advocate will never leave you. Who is this advocate? Holy Spirit. Who's Jesus praying to? The Father. What does He say the Father is going to provide? the Spirit. Who's praying the prayer? Jesus. You have, in this little verse, the three in one, a Trinitarian God who is at work and pointing out that there is an advocate, and this advocate God will provide. It comes through the baptism of Jesus, and He, of course, 
is the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to miss that. Jesus, Father, Spirit, all at work. So where do we start seeing and learning about this advocate? Where do we start seeing and learning about this Holy Spirit? Well, we're going to go back to the very beginning of the Bible. And in Genesis chapter 1, this higher power called the Holy Spirit has been introduced to us right on the very first page of the Bible and described to us in vivid detail. And there's two questions right at the beginning that get answered, and it's important for us to see. All the way back in the Old Testament Hebrew Bible, these two questions are tackled. Who is the Holy Spirit and what work is He doing in the world? Who is He? What is He doing in the world? Check this out. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. I, I mean, to try to grasp this is, I think, for me, it's exciting. Just try to take in an idea of what we're dealing with here. We're at the beginning. God is creating. And what does he have to work with? There's some heavens and earth. There was formless uh, uh, um, aspect of the earth. It was empty. And then there was darkness that was covering the deep waters. I like to think of it this way. This is a shot of um, planet earth. You, you, did you recognize this planet? I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Amazing, right? So God's got this canvas, this empty canvas in front of him. A couple of elements are at work. There's darkness, and you got the water and the earth and so on. And what do we know? What does God tell us in Genesis chapter 1, right at the beginning, what does he tell us? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So this isn't fake surprise. <laughs> I'm like... Right at the beginning, we're introduced that God is at work creating, and what is happening over the waters? There is a spirit that's at work over the waters, and we're introduced to this Holy Spirit at the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1. I picture something like this. You see the spirit? Just lean in a little bit. Squint. No, not there. Not that we can see. So this is um, a little shoreline here. You can imagine, if you could, the darkness Imagine that it's even darker than that, and imagine that the Holy Spirit is present there and at work um, with and during creation, okay? So, uh, Genesis 2, chapter 7, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So, we start to see the person of the Holy Spirit, we begin to see the work that this person of the Holy Spirit is doing. And if you're the kind of person who likes to um, kind of learn some of these answers, who is the Holy Spirit, what work is He doing, there are some phenomenal resources available to you so that you and I, between Sundays, can grow on your own. And um, the Bible Project has a video called The Holy Spirit and uh, provides a study guide that goes along with it and provides so much valuable content that we can learn together, whether it's Sunday or if it's in between Sundays, grow on your own. And the video page looks like this. Big, huge, um, 
but concise, big, huge topic, but concise, easy to understand. And uh, this is the Holy Spirit video intro. So listen to how this page has a description of the Holy Spirit here that you can kind of get an idea of how you might learn about this topic in between Sundays. And on this page, there's an introduction to the Holy Spirit. And to give you a little bit of flavor as to what you will read on a page like this, it goes like this. The Spirit is God's personal presence. The Spirit is a presence... Uh, is a person, not merely a force. But when we start on page one of the Bible before creation began, we see a depiction of the Spirit of God hovering over the dark, disordered waters of the earth. In the Bible, anytime we see a description of the Spirit of God, like what is depicted in the first few verses of the Bible, the Hebrew word ruach is used. Ruach can describe an invisible, powerful energy that is necessary for life, making it a fitting description for the Spirit of God. So, You can grow on your own reading and understanding something like that that Tim Mackey is providing. Um, We link to this in our church app. If you get to the Grow on Your Own resources, um, you can link to this website. It's the Bible Project. Um, You can also, by the way, you can download their app. This is a premium app. I use it every day. There's all different aspects, all different levels. You can just simply watch, but it remembers what you've watched. It shows you uh, some helpful ways to know what to watch next, uh, all, kinds of, um, all kinds of amazing, really, tools. And uh, how many of you listen to podcasts? Any podcast listeners? You, you, you might be interested in this. They have a podcast. The Bible Project podcast is available, certainly in all the ways that you can um, access your podcast, even a four-part podcast on the Holy Spirit. Lots of detailed description and what comes out of the Scriptures about who the Holy Spirit is. And um, also, if the app isn't really right for you and you're not much of a podcast listener, but you know a little bit about watching TV, there's a streaming TV channel that I'm not sure everybody is familiar with. Bible Project TV is a channel that you can put right on your device if you, watch, if you stream your television And again, you can go find answers to things like who is the Holy Spirit and what work is the Holy Spirit doing in the world. So uh, the Bible Project provides the study guide, and in the study guide, it offers three answers to these questions. Who is the Spirit and what is the Spirit doing? And the three answers that they find uh, are answers that are located not just in the New Testament, but also answers that are discovered in the Old Testament. And here's what you discover. The study guide provides this that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of creative life. Um, Can we learn a little bit together here today, I hope? Can we do do a little bit of uh, focus? And so this isn't isn't the kind of content that is going to make you soar out of here. Instead, you know what it's going to do? Here's my hope. My hope is that this content is going to help your roots go down deeper. Okay? Going to dig in a little bit. Your roots are going to go this way. It's not soaring and flying, you know, I will not be the wind beneath your wings today. But the, this content, this idea uh, about who the Holy Spirit is as the creative life. And by the way, we're back to this word in Hebrew called ruach. And this is what we learn. In the Old Testament, we learn that the Holy Spirit is the invisible, personal presence of the Creator God who animates and sustains all creation at the same time, always has, is right now, and will for how long? For eternity. It won't ever stop. Amazing. So the Holy Spirit is providing this, this, um, this energy that creates, animates, and sustains all of life. 
And there's three words specifically that help us kind of understand this invisible life energy. Check out these three words. The word in, in, uh, is ruach in Hebrew, but oftentimes referred to our words are breath. And you can, uh, uh, we just looked at this. Do you remember uh, just a short time ago in Genesis chapter 2, God is creating a human being, and what does God do to create life in the human being? There is breath, and it was referred to as the breath of life. That breath of life is what comes into us that brings, anim- brings kind of our life to animated reality. And then when that breath leaves us, it goes back to God. That's the end. Where does that come from? See, in the Christian faith, we don't believe that that breath is random and meaningless and shows up um, on occasion we believe that that breath comes directly from a creator and it's given to the human form to animate that has been created in the image of God and then at the end of life that breath goes back to the creator. Isn't that cool? Love that idea. Living creatures are basically borrowing God's ruach and borrowing it for life. It's an invisible life energy that sustains their existence. So then there's another word, wind. This is often uh, associated with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's presence um, often appears, and when it appears, it is um, connected to or associated with this powerful source of energy described as wind. And then we've got this, of course, uh, Ruach is spirit. Invisible, life um, animating energy of God that's present in all of creation. Any, um, any nature documentary folks out here? And you watch those documentaries ever, and anybody ever go, what am I watching? How is this possible that things like this in the... Um, by the way, anybody, anybody catch some of the most recent deep sea exploration in previously unexplored portions of the sea? And, and you wouldn't be shocked if you follow these documentaries to discover that recently, within the past several weeks, new species being discovered never before seen or discovered before. By the way, so far under the earth that has crushing pressure, I mean, blows my mind. What is holding all that alive? What is creating the life that, that brings um, a seed To bloom, what is that life? This is, according to our Christian faith, in the Old Testament Hebrew Bible, it is a word called spirit. And this spirit is this um, life-animating energy that's invisible. So, And the spirit, this uh, uh, Ruach, Holy Spirit, is active. It is active, and it is actively the empowering presence of God, the spirit of empowering presence. Well, Uh, What does that mean? It means that He, the Holy Spirit, enhances, uses, or influences a person's thoughts, abilities, and purposes to accomplish God's purpose. So that means there is a human being, and the Holy Spirit is empowering someone to do something that God wants them to do. In the Old Testament, when you see the Holy Spirit empowering someone to do it, uh, uh, to do something, or to think something, or to say something, it will often say the Spirit, Spirit came upon them. And um, 
What are they doing? God is using the Holy Spirit to influence their thoughts, abilities, and purposes to align with what God wants to accomplish. We have lots of examples of this. Um, many of you will be familiar with, um, with how this works. God will either enter somebody's being or He will enhance uh, their giftedness or their talent or so on. Um, he empowers them and enables them with their own human abilities, and all of a sudden they become useful in divine um, purposes. Maybe their thoughts, maybe their abilities, maybe their uh, skills, and God is using this person to accomplish something that He wants. The Spirit comes upon someone to do God's will. And you might think of people in the Old Testament, if you're familiar with some of these characters, uh, some of these Bible characters, you might remember some of them like Gideon. God came upon Gideon. You might remember Samson. Um, later on, of course, um, we know that, uh, or in the Old Testament uh, history there, you'll, you'll recognize King Saul, King David. God would come upon them. Um, but who was the first empowered? Some of you like this. I know some of you don't like trivia questions because you feel like, you don't know, dumb, dumber, if you don't know the answer. So I hate to put it this way, but does anybody know who, that's a dumb way to ask it. It's not a competition. Sunday morning shouldn't be a competition, right? Joseph was the first Bible character where we see the spirit, a Spirit-empowered person in the Bible. And Pharaoh notices something special about Joseph, so much so that he elevates him into his kind of inner circle because Joseph is demonstrating this out-of-this-world insight and skill to um, interpret his dreams. And so, look what happens. Pharaoh, even Pharaoh notices, and he goes, so Pharaoh asks his officials, uh, is there anyone else like this man, Joseph, so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Is Joseph doing this on his own? No. Is he a skilled leader? Of course he is. But there's something special happening because God is empowering him by his Holy Spirit. Then, also in the Old Testament Hebrew Bible, we know of somebody named Bezalel. Bezalel is an artist, and God empowers this artist to create. And um, this also actually um, intrigues me too, because there are times where I see some art or something that someone's created, and literally I feel like it takes my breath away, it's so beautiful, and I have thoughts like, how is it possible that this even happened? Where did somebody get this idea from? How did this emerge out of... And more and more, I feel like I'm seeing things like that, making me just say, this is, this is otherworldly. And it turns out it's quite possible that it is. Um, in describing Bezalel, the Old Testament says this, see, I have chosen, God says, Bezalel of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. So what does that mean? with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make art artistic designs. Now, um, it makes me a little sad that God passed over some of us in this area, in so many areas. But Bezalel um, selected and inspired by the work of the Holy Spirit, and it's God's Ruach that empowers prophets to speak to God's people and to speak on behalf of God and to warn them, to describe who God is and what God is going to do. How do they have those words? Where do those words come from? The Ruach empowered them. And God used that person uh, in their prophecy 
to do and to say what He wanted them to do and say. In fact, in Micah, it goes like this, but as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and strength. And he goes on and on, but he starts with, I'm filled with the Spirit of the Lord because God is at work empowering him. That's his activity. Also remember that there are rulers, right? We mentioned King Saul, King David, that God works and he gives them wisdom. He works on them to help them make decisions, to perform miraculous, powerful acts of salvation for their people. Uh, In the book of Judges, God's Spirit comes upon the tribal rulers of Gideon and Jephthah and Samson, and and despite some of them, we know, having terrible character flaws, God God is using His Spirit to empower them to accomplish what He wants to accomplish. Now, the Holy Spirit is not just working in our human history. The Holy Spirit is also working now, but also importantly, the Holy Spirit is working in the future and will be working for eternity, but specifically for our future. And in in a lot of ways, it will be the Holy Spirit at work fixing our broken future. Or, I should put it this way, fixing what's broken now in the present in the future. How does that happen? The Holy Spirit does it. So, we see that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of new creation. He is the transforming power who will restore all things in the future. If you've been around our church family for very long, you've come across us regularly visiting the hope that we have for full renewal and restoration in the future. How do we overcome and how do we persevere and how do we continue on facing adversity and hardship and heartache and heartbreak and rejection and, and some of the abandonment and emptiness and all of the stuff that comes along with being a human being? We know this isn't all there is. The new is coming. We're, not, we're already sensing some of it, but we're not quite all the way there yet. Who's going to bring that restoration? It's going to be the work of the Spirit. Making all of that happen. Just as God created through the Spirit, so all of God's future purposes to restore all things will also take place through the work of the Spirit. Amazing. Incredible. And then, by the way, this makes me think this. When I try to picture how is that possible, Sometimes I'm brought back to how is it possible that there was a, a void, an emptiness, and then God created life and He created the earth and the universe and whatever. And I'm like, just the, the same thing He did to do that, He's going to do again to renew everything, to fix everything that's broken, justice and mercy. So when we have our biblical authors and they look forward to the fulfillment of God's promises in the new creation, they envision and they describe a world that is permeated with the Holy Spirit. Centuries ago, there was a prophet named Isaiah, and he describes this future transformation. Check this out. This is Isaiah talking about renewal of the earth, and he says, until at last, when is this? It's going to be at last the Spirit is poured out on us from heaven, and we'll look at when that happens in the book of Acts in coming weeks. The Spirit will be poured out on us to bring a flourishing to the creation that is currently broke and weak. And also our rescuing hero Jesus, full of the Spirit, to bring His kingdom to earth. He's the prophesied Savior. He's empowered by the Spirit and He's come to rule. The Spirit of the Lord rests on Jesus, infills Jesus, and of course it's the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. 
It's the spirit of courage and counsel, strength and counsel. It's the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And then we have the body of Christ, the church, the new covenant people of God will be transformed by God's spirit in such a major way that really there's only one way to talk about this transformation and you have to use language like new creation. We sang about the new creation this morning that has come about by the work of the spirit. Not by our discipline, not by our willpower, not by our turning over a new leaf, not even by all of the lame New Year's resolutions that you've put together over the years to make something happen. Not even the good ones. Not even the ones you've... That's not how transformation came. How did it come? By the work of the Spirit to turn your heart towards Jesus. It can only be done by the Holy Spirit. So, we've got this question that's helpful here to press this into our lives and to make applications. So what do we do? How do we respond to the Holy Spirit? Is there a right way or a wrong way to respond to the Holy Spirit? Well, we can go back to the Gospel of John and Jesus tells us. Remember Jesus introduced the disciples to the Holy Spirit and He said, the Holy Spirit is going to be given to you I'm going to pray to the Father. The Father's going to give you the Spirit. And eventually we find out that Jesus says, I've got to ascend to heaven so that the Holy Spirit can come. And then he's going to advocate for you. And then he is describing to his disciples what's going to happen. And he goes on and he says, he is the Holy Spirit. And what is the Holy Spirit at work doing? He's going to lead you into all truth. So if the Holy Spirit is going to lead you into truth, then you and I can respond to this leading. You and I can respond to the Holy Spirit. Your higher power... This is, uh, it's quite possible that this is, ex- this is exactly for somebody today. Perhaps with us, perhaps listening, watching, tuned in, live stream. Your higher power doesn't have to be an impersonal, mystical force where you are crossing your fingers every day hoping it goes your way. You don't have to wander and wish. You don't have to hope that you come across it. I remember somebody said to me one time, and, and um, somebody said to me one time that um, there was a, it was shortly after they lost a loved one. And, and by the way, I should, say, I should start this by saying this way. When, when, when you lose a loved one, when somebody grieves, there's lots of ways that people comfort themselves. And at the very beginning, there's... there's um, there's no right way to grieve, right? Do we, do we agree that at the very beginning there's no right way to grieve? If somebody starts to tell you that you ought to grieve one way or other at the very beginning, it's, it's, there's some wrong ways to do it, but there's no right way to do it. But I'm struck by how often somebody says something like this to me. Recently, I lost a loved one, but I know they're with me. And, and, and again, my heart is tender to this kind of grief and what they're dealing with, so you know, it's, I'm just trying to be compassionate. And often it goes something like this, but I know they're with me. And I say, well, how do you know? And they'll say something like this. And I heard this one time very specifically, and they'll say something like this, because there's a doll in my house and no one plays with a doll. The doll has been around the family for a long time. And every now and then the little giggle part of the toy goes off and the doll makes a sound. And that's when I know that my loved one is with me. And a part of me, again, right, we, we understand that people are trying to find comfort, and that's comforting to them. But Christians, 
Can I ask you something? Can I ask you to consider this? We don't have to hope and wish and cobble together some kind of comfort during our grief because there is a Holy Spirit who is at work and will lead us into the truth about where souls go and where souls are after death and how we can celebrate and be comforted knowing that one day we will be with those souls again and we don't have to find them in our dolls that are broken and tweaky. We used to have a stuffed nutcracker doll in our house. And... um, it would make nutcracker sounds over the years, even when we hadn't lost somebody. I mean, my theory was it was possessed by all kinds of demons, legion, I don't know. Definitely not loved ones. And, and, and now, because of this, because the Holy Spirit has led us into truth, I know that the soul of my loved ones is not inhabiting the stuffed Nutcracker doll. So, I, I hope, I hope you, you hear me. I am not using this platform and authority to, to diminish people who are searching and, and, and scraping, right? I'm, I'm not. People who are grieving are, are, are very, very broken. Love those people. If you are one of those people, could I ask you to consider something? Let the Holy Spirit leads you into what's true. You don't have to rely on mystical, magical, made-up experiences. You don't. We don't. The Christian faith says there is a Holy Spirit who will show you and tell you the things that are true, starting with turning your heart towards Jesus. And if ever you have thought about Jesus, if ever you have sung to Jesus, if ever you have considered Jesus, if ever you've read about Jesus and your heart said, yes, this is true, that is the work of the Holy Spirit leading you into what is true. Because apart from the work of the Spirit, we don't see Jesus, we don't savor Jesus, we have no affection for Jesus, and we certainly doubt whether or not Jesus is true. And when we believe, Holy Spirit's at work. The Holy Spirit's saying, look at this, Jesus. More precious, beautiful, supremely excellent than anything or anyone you've ever seen. It's the Holy Spirit doing that. You know who's never done that? My nutcracker doll. Never done that. (laughs) Not once. So, let the Holy Spirit affirm that you can be certain that God isn't revealing himself through horoscope zodiac signs. He's not, you already know this, but he's not revealing himself through Miss Cleo. Who remembers Miss Cleo? Look around, you see everybody who's over 50. Or is it Madam? Madam Cleo, it doesn't matter. Um, God isn't revealing himself through, obviously, through mediums, and he's not revealing himself through superstitions, magic, or meditations. He is, reading, he is revealing himself through the Scripture. Your heart is coming alive to things that are true, and it's happening from Jesus. And also, your life isn't your life, your personal life. You yourself, your life isn't empty, your life isn't evolving, and your life isn't meaningless. You personally, 
have meaning and value and dignity and worth. And the truth that you are seeing or the truth and transformation that you are seeking, the truth and transformation that you are needing comes from the same life-giving power that created you is also that same life-giving power that's at work sustaining you and giving you meaning, value, and worth and dignity in your life. The Holy Spirit is doing that. The Holy Spirit's power is doing that. Why isn't the world finding this higher power? Fascinating, right? Jesus actually explains this. He says the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't even recognize Him. And this series is helping us look, and this series is helping us recognize God's Holy Spirit. That's, my, that's what I'm praying for. Help us see, help us recognize, help us grow and live by the power of your Spirit. So you can start every day looking for where He is. And I know if you're like me, it's easy to get stuck on being hyper-focused in all the evils of the world. But what if the Christians were at work being hyper-focused on all the ways the Holy Spirit is at work in the world? Wouldn't that be a relief in 2023? What a, what a boost to, to be alert and alive to where the Holy Spirit is working, to where the Holy Spirit is alive. And we can unlock our focus from all kinds of evil that's happening in our world. And we become more and more confident that, that, that your future isn't transformed primarily by a better job. It's not transformed primarily by better luck. certainly won't be transformed by a, a, a better president or better policies. Our transformation is coming by the Holy Spirit. And, by the way, if, 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 you, are, if, if you are looking for the Holy Spirit's activity, you can find the Holy Spirit's activity. Maybe some of you are facing rehab or you just want to reflect, refresh your life. I'd like to suggest you look for the Holy Spirit's activity in and around your world and in and around the world. And you can see that God is doing this work, and I want you to know that your higher power, knowing and living by God's Spirit, can happen, and you should know this. Check this second part of this verse out. But you know, you know Him because, how do we know Him? He lives with you, and when you belong to Jesus, He fills you. He is in you after Acts chapter 1. Holy Spirit is in you. Holy Spirit is with you. And the Holy Spirit can be seen and known, and you can grow and live by the power of the Spirit. Let's pray together. Would you pray with me? Father, today as we meditate on this truth, we're so grateful, so thankful that you are with us now and that you are in us now. And as we let you lead us into truth, and as we look for your Holy Spirit's activity, we pray that we would sense you, we would recognize that it's you who is at work to even bring us together today to hear from the Scripture. You brought us here. You brought us together. You have done it yourself. Someone needed to hear this truth today, God, and you saw to it by the work of your Spirit that they heard it. They heard teaching from you, the God of the universe. And now you're speaking into their life because you're at work. You are showing us 
in them that you're alive and you're active and you have generated new tears, new thoughts, new hope, new peace, and you've generated new affection. How do we even know that you love us? We know that you love us because while we were still in the middle of our self-righteousness, our self-reliance, our self-centeredness, our self-justification, while we were in the middle of it, you demonstrated your love for us in sending your own son, Jesus, to die the death we deserve to die, to live the life that we were expected to live. And we're grateful for that, for the way it's transformed our lives. We treasure you, Jesus, and we pray in your name. Would you um, 